<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. When we originally recorded this episode last mm -hmm. week before mm -hmm. we realized we weren't recording. Mm -mm. Hence, mm -mm. you guys, you are, you are so welcome for the refire of the brunch episode. From yeah, 2019. Yeah. Uh, after we found out we weren't recording, like I was honestly like, it's like, it is what it is. Let go and let God, no big deal. It wasn't you guys, but I was so stressed with my parents arriving that I, I'm not, I didn't want to make anyone feel bad or worried. I did lay face down on my living room floor <laughs> a little bit later and was crying and doing like yoga breathing because I was having... <laughs> It was a like fucking all the things meltdown. at once. It was I said it out loud too to Brian. I was like, she's so fucking stressed out with her parents coming already and like a million <laughs> things happening. I was like, it's just when it fucking rains, it pours. And I, you know what? We, we like, we definitely like redid our add on. Like for those of you who don't know, if you, if you've ever seen like the movie wet, hot American summer where you have like, the dirty, creepy DJ kid who like is like doing the radio yeah. DJ voice. The <laughs> he whole hasn't showered. Time. Hasn't and, showered and all like, summer. At one point, they pan over to the equipment and nothing's plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty much, that's what happened. Okay, but we're we're all plugged in and we're recording. We're correct? plugged in. Hell yeah, we're recording. You know what? Sometimes we just need a little humbling, a little life lesson to realize we still got it. We still and got again, it. Baby. I really hope I listened to some of the brunch episode, which is so, which is old. Um, oh, I loved it. OG I, season one, so good. I, you, me, and Jossie together is so funny. And then Elliot coming on talking about crab, you know, crab boil brunches in Long Island. <laughs> I was like, God damn, man, you know, it's. It, it was a reason to go back and reflect on where we started and where this podcast is and to appreciate. Anyways, it's so funny. I fully was just like, I, I paid Jocelyn a high compliment. I'm like, you're a funny bitch. We miss you, you know? Yeah, and that's and with that I'm just gonna say welcome to Sidework Podcast. You're Be welcome. Behind You're the welcome, scenes. guys. <laughs> Behind the curtain, you know, um, back of house today. Back of house for sure. Little like, yeah, this is how how it happens. Um, we definitely had to put a put a quick fire. A new episode on the fly. It didn't. It just the add-ons, but um, any who's any who's. Um, but your parents did come to town and things went well, I think, you know, yeah, we we had a good time. Um, by the way, I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Oh, yeah. I'm Andrea Wallace. You guys know that you know already. It. You know, it's just what if, nice to What if it's someone's it. first time? I feel like it's important. It's we totally true. And the time is 10, 10 in the a.m. And the temperature is a nice, sunny 67 degrees. Yeah. I have to like check in and say the things we're required to say on you the know, show. We are like the hosts of the restaurant each episode. Mm -hmm. We have mm -hmm. to, you know, someone could be here the, for the first time mm -hmm. and it, it determines whether or not they'll come back. So welcome. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome I, to Sidewalk. If you guys need anything, my name's Andrea. That's Brooke. We'll be taking care of you today. Yeah. Just let us know. Yeah. Um, well, I put a boundary in place that hasn't been spoken yet, but uh, next time... My folks are in L.A. They're uh, for all of our mental health. Uh, I think they're going to just stay in their own Airbnb. Um, uh -huh. This I mean, what can I say? We didn't know until 
you know, this summer and then doing it again. My new place is just too small for all four yeah. of us. Right. It's intense. And then I don't know if anyone has these parents. There are two types. They show up for their vacation and they're gone before you even wake up because they're mm -hmm. just like itinerary. We want to see this, this, this and that. And we'll see you at dinner. Bye. Ex exactly. And then there are my parents who you wake up to both of them sitting eyes wide open saying, will you make us coffee? Are we allowed uh. to have it right now? Are we <laughs> Is it time for coffee? Brooke, will you wake up? Like it. And then they're like, and then what do we do next? When can we take a shower? Can we do that? And then what are we doing after that? That for five fucking days. Wow. That's I, a lot. I mean, they've definitely been to your house how many times? So many also, times. Like, they're so lucky you don't, you don't have a like, quote unquote, like traditional nine to five job. Like otherwise they'd be fucked. They'd just be like, they'd be like, the, you know, <laughs> they'd be calling you over five minutes at work being like, um, can I talk to Brooke? Um, yeah. <laughs> Hi. How do I turn the water on? <laughs> Andrea, you just blew my mind, I have either just had a big break in my schedule or, as we all know, large gaps of unemployment every time my parents visit. Mm -hmm. I used to work mm -hmm. when they would come to New York or just, just working in general is and something. And you'd be like, go do this and this and this. I'll see you at this time. Exactly. And, that's how, and that's, that was the break. That and Now you're just like, you're all just twiddling your thumbs in front of each other oh, all day. You're so right. See, I had therapy before this and then you just... Blew my mind again with another Good. important. I'm happy, happy to provide, girl. Happy <sighs> to provide. Anne was happy to provide a little uh, respite, a little refuge, a little shelter for you when we all hung out together the other night. And Thank I was you. like, yep. I'll, I'll be pulled into the bathroom by your mom to look at something on her back. You know what I mean? She <laughs> I saw that go down and I was just like, what are you doing? She's like, don't make fun of me. And she was like really drunk on red wine and made Andrea go into the bar bathroom and look at her, look at a mole on her back. My mom disrobed. I was like, I'm not a doctor. Like, I have to say that to all my clients. Look, I'm an esthetician. I am. I'm not a doctor. Like. <laughs> She's like, it's fine. Um, but I love your parents. It was nice yes, to see them. Of course. I, you know what? It's all about creating new boundaries, man. And I think I said that out loud when we took the moms to Hawaii. You just got to like recalibrate and don't be angry. Just be like, how can we improve on this situation so we're all friends right <laughs> in the next time we hang out you know and i i did try and employ as much of my <laughs> therapy over the years as i could where i was doing my best to mine all the positives where i'm like i'm so lucky to have a family that just wants to be around each other mm -hmm. even if it's infuriating and very shapeless and yeah. but like tr triggering triggering mm -hmm. um but I know some people who just don't have a relationship with their parents at all or it's yeah. bad or it's toxic completely. And so I just had to keep reminding myself like, yes, this is hard for a lot of legitimate reasons, but like, hey, I, you know, we we don't get to see each other that many times a year or so. It's yeah. I said it like out loud the other day. I'm like, you're allowed to be like thankful and fucking pissed off at the same time. Of course, these are two feelings you're allowed to feel, but you're, they're all legit. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm thankful for, though, Brooke. I'm thankful for lo-fi aperitifs. See, you know, yeah. not that I'm turning to the booze in stressful situations, but it's there's just something about. Oh, like, I did. I'm just gonna sink into this like delicious dry vermouth and tonic situation while my parents figure out what they want to do today. <laughs> well, and when we originally recorded this a week ago, there was a get Brooks mom to try lo-fi challenge we were and, working on. And no, we didn't do it. <laughs> Kathleen doesn't stray far from her, from her, uh, her house red wine and house white wines. Right. But um, we were saying that lo-fi aperitifs of all of, the beverages that you know Kathleen will not drink um that there's something fantastic because it's botanical because it's mm -hmm. from Napa because it's mm -hmm. has the same sort of bouquet and quality as made from wine grapes. exactly yeah. that this would be I think the closest I could get my mom to drinking something outside of her comfort zone because it's that fucking delicious but the gentian amaro with some uh, soda water I think and a lime would have made Kathleen quite happy 
Yeah, we'll just we'll hold her down and force it on her the next time I see her. <laughs> Don't worry. And that's our advertisement. Hold your force hold your mom down and force her to drink it. Make moms Mother's drink Day's it. a couple weeks away. Mm-hmm. Two weeks away is when Mother's Day is coming. And uh, moms moms will moms will like it. I think moms will like it, you know? <laughs> Lo-fi aperitifs. Make your Midwest mom like it. If not maybe not for moms, but they'll eventually learn to love it. Um, they'll eventually learn to love me you'll eventually <laughs> uh, learn to like me okay oh my god all right let's get out of this let's di- let's get out of this little top of show which has been really amazing for all of us and we've all learned a lot and jump into some headlines i'm here for it okay all right so i still can't and again yes we're gonna talk about last week compared to this week the entire time these articles Specifically that I tagged. I still can't wrap my fucking brain around, even though I dissected them last week. So restaurants are getting into the NFT game. And what is an NFT, Brooke? Do you know what an NFT is? I know the words, but I don't know what they actually mean. But there, it's a non-fungible token, which right. is a bizarre little digital sort of piece of yeah. It's a real it's estate a blockchain, art. yeah, right. But the, so it's it's a non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain. So it's a form of a digital ledger, if you will, um, that can be sold or traded. So types of NFTs, uh, types of NFTs can be associated with like digital files, photos, videos, art. You know, you hear about artists selling like specifically pieces for NFTs, but um, in the restaurant world, there I feel like you're kind of almost like a shareholder or a member of a secret club more mm. than anything. Okay. So there is a restaurant called the Brooklyn Chop House in New York City. It's a trendy new Asian fusion inspired steakhouse um, and basically is funded by NFTs. And so they have like a regular old restaurant you can just walk into, but then they have different floors specifically built out for these NFT holders, which um, there's different memberships and tiers you can do to buy in for like the virtual image. And then like, and then your fucking metaverse, you can get like, you know, fake dumplings like delivered to your party on the in in, in the metaverse. I don't know. My brain hurts thinking about it. But it's $8,000 for a silver membership. It's $25,000 for a gold membership and $100,000 for a platinum membership. I, I want for real what? dumplings. I want real dumplings. Well, you kind of, you do get real dumplings, but like the higher tier you are, I'm like, is there one floor for every, like, is that how big this place is? So you're basically entitled to this like very specific floor when you want to go there in real life at this place in New York City. Um, and you're kind of like you're just like the highest tiered member of this club and then you can get like whatever the fuck you want and like special packages and they'll like cater food on your private plane. It's for rich people. This one's for rich people. Well, it's I think right. That goes without saying it's a new way to make being rich more exclusive and obnoxious. Yeah. And, to, and at and the same time. And like a members only club, you know, totally, totally. And at the same time, you're kind of like funding a restaurant group at the same time. So it's like this is how these companies are also like staying in business because it's a status symbol. Um, But then out of, you know, Eater L.A., there is another group called Food Fighters um, that's doing more specifically like you're backing a small business restaurant group and buying into NFTs that way. And so this is more like, oh, we're doing like really your your digital like token holder for us and have nfts and so we're doing an exclusive pop-up here and there and like showcasing new ingredients and new ideas so that one i'm kind of like oh this one's like more for the people and more approachable as far as like you and i who are like huh what but this is like things you can actually tap into as opposed to having a hundred thousand dollars to eat fake dumplings you know what i mean yeah, yeah, but I was saying like I think being NFT poor is the new house poor where like all mm-hmm. your money's tied up in this weird <laughs> metaverse digital un- like you've got nothing fluid so you're looking for all these clubs that you can belong to because of your NFT because god damn it you haven't eaten in 4 days and let me at the wing buffet. Totally right. <laughs> so like this place in New York is again that's like the height the you know the the high fucking exclusive bullshit club part of it whereas the food fighters out of long beach or more like 
um, perks you would get if you like give to KCRW your NPR station every month, right? Right, right, right. That's right. more. That's the difference. But again, if if we're keeping small businesses like afloat and kind of all the members, because if you can sell your your NFTs and make a profit, and somebody else will buy it, almost like it would be a stock. So okay. But if this is the future of restaurants, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm sure we'll see how it goes. And my brain, again, is broken trying to, like, compute all of it. But it's in it's food for thought. I'm going to say that. Again, if, someone, tra- segment. <laughs> if someone tries to tip you with an NFT, make sure to check with your landlord if they accept NFTs for rent. Uh, something tells me they don't. So tell them to give you fucking cash, okay? <laughs> or cash yeah. and an NFT, okay? But yeah. mama needs mama needs them dollar bills. So. Yeah, for sure. But if you guys are have heard of this or are invested in anything, like, hi, let us know. We yeah. need education. Like, has anyone called your restaurant looking for basically what would be like the Delta Sky Miles Lounge? <laughs> You're like, hi, I have a, I have an NFT. What do you offer me? I'd be like, uh nothing what the fuck are you saying it's taco tuesday come on i mean in. the fucking the taco taco bell just brought back the mexican pizza i'm sure there's already nfts of that all over the place oh yeah, yeah. that's a headline oh. within a headline baby oh <laughs> i'm gonna have to go celebrate a lot of people thank you nerds thank you fast food nerds for your dedication to pushing taco bell to bring back that mexican pizza aka it's a quesadilla that's really crispy but I mean, Brian always has this amazing memory of him and his best friend, Ryan Bergman. Like, at one point, they would, they would get high and Ryan Bergman would try to, like, eat the Mexican. Was it you who tried to eat the Mexican pizza while driving? Oh, no. Oh, no, gosh. they weren't high. Sorry. I just assumed because it's Taco Bell and Mexican pizza. I think they were just driving and, like, I, Brian had to, like, feed Ryan the Mexican pizza while driving. <laughs> Brian steered, actually. He steered while Ryan fed. That's Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, that's how much love people have for the Mexican pizza and the things that they'll do for each other. But, wow. You are not even real. Next headline. You got Next a good headline. one. I know. I was just like, okay, so let's move away from the metaverse of NFTs, which kind of make our brain tingle in a bad way. Let's talk <laughs> about a good brain tingle. Uh, I saw this really fun story pop up in uh, Mel Magazine about the origin of the pickleback. Ooh, oh, nice. yes. You know what we're talking about. Some bourbon and a, and a chaser of delicious pickle juice. So I had no idea that it was a Brooklyn origin story. All hail Brooklyn. I miss my old town. Um, so there was this really great dive bar called the uh, Bushwick Country Club. And the owner of the bar, John Roberts, lived you know close by to his bar, but a few doors down was Bob McClure, who at the time, this is um, 2006, was beginning his McClure Pickles empire. Can you picture Mm. the delicious jar? The Mm. McClure's Pickles, they're from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. They're so fucking good. And then they also went to making McClure's chips that were like, you know, dill pickle flavored. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, they're they're so good. So McClure's is so awesome. Next time, if you see it, I am signing off on it. Pick some I'm up. In. I want I want it all to just destroy my mouth. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so good. In the it's, best way. Oh, yeah. So basically, he was like pickling up a storm, had so much excess product in his apartment that it was flowing over. Asked John, like, hey, can I put some of the product in the bar basement? He said, sure. Next thing you know, there's a pallet of pickles, you know, taking up all the real estate in the bar. So long story short, there's a Sunday shift and one of John's, you know, best bartenders, a guy named Reggie Cunningham was the opening shift for that Sunday. He came in hungover to the nth degree, was just like a total shell of himself and was sitting there eating pickles <laughs> out of the jar as we do when we're all desperate to just feel mm-hmm. something other mm-hmm. than hungover. So a regular walks in and was like, hey, can I have some of that pickle brine if you're just going to eat all the pickles? And they were like, that's weird. Who does that? Turns out a lot of people love to drink pickle brine. I did this. I mean, I keep my brine in my fridge after the pickles are gone surely for flavor to put in like egg salad and like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. the the pickle brine is filled with electrolytes because there's so much like good salt in there that'll get your levels all straightened out. One of Hannibal's first ever jokes, like 
flick We'd the pickle flick. juice onto his sandwich for, for flavor. flavor. Oh, yeah. We all know. Yeah. Anyways, so she wanted to drink it, but then challenged the hungover guy to do the same. And he was like, oh, God, no, no, no. She's like, fine, then do a shot first, which they did a shot of Old Crow and then guzzled back some pickle brine and basically lights went off in everyone's head. So John like <laughs> left for a minute, comes back like 30 minutes later. There are like a bunch of regulars at the end of the bar all like, get over here. You got to try this. This is called a pickleback. They're all oh now God. like within 30 what a minutes. a fun day. Oh yeah. Bar. Six shots deep being like, look, it neutralizes it. You can't taste it. Granted, they're forgetting that you will still get very drunk Waste even it. if you right. can't right. taste it. But essentially, he was just like, this is our house special. This is what we do now. Basically, let's put it on our sandwich board. It's history. Come on in and try the pickleback. And that's an amazing fucking origin story because it like exploded everywhere you go. Suddenly, yeah. And like, I, I thought it was from the South because the first person, um, uh, a person named Allie Clayton, great comic, also living in New York right now, but knew her in Chicago. She's the one who introduced me to the pickleback and she's got a Southern draw. Okay. And I just assumed that it was a Southern thing, but no. Okay. Hold on. Let me. So in high school, my, my friend from Georgia, while we were having a tiny little house party at my home, drinking gross liquor, mm-hmm. he pulled out our jar of pickle juice oh. in Rochester, Michigan, and made us. Okay, so this might be a Southern thing, but mm-hmm. the origin of ordering of like the Old Crow. Where it became a bar staple. A bar special, even. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I guess, like, someone tried to name it the Pickle Puffer, but everyone was like, hell no, it's the Pickleback, it's the Pickleback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy because it's everywhere now. And it was even as crazy that one of his bartenders was like two years after that went went round the world. Everyone went nuts for pickleback. Uh, one of his bartenders was backpacking in the rainforest in South America around 2008 when she middle of nowhere back of an uh, back of a pick pickup truck to get to her camping area she's like deep in the woods there was a tree house that had a bar inside of it that said come on in and try the pickle back oh my god that's got to be good especially after you're like in the rainforest like hiking a little electrolyte balancing kind of like level you out after you've been busy all day yeah. sweating your face off move over um, gatorade hello oh. pickleback I know, right? I fucking love an origin story. Great find. And um, I don't want to pickle back right now, but in the future. <laughs> but in the future, I will have one and remember the story and be like, oh, now I know. I'm smarter than everybody mm-hmm. in this place. The Bushwick Country I'm, Club is the yeah. origin of the pickleback. Um, awesome. So good. Well, let's hop out of headlines and into some server. Submitted. A story. Stories. A Reddit oh, edition. Um, Brooke's been going down the server life hole on Reddit. It's so fun. And maybe that's where you guys are submitting stories instead of here. Hard <sighs> to say. There's clearly a whole faction of you who can write great things, but you're giving it to Reddit and not us. I don't know. Or if you're on Reddit, be like, send us over to side work. I know. It's just, it's great that this exists. People go fucking crazy and bonkers. And we're just going to pull a couple stories from each day because we do have some stories, but we want to save them. Um, But we're going to premise this with send your stories to us. Like, you know, we're basically, I think you guys get it. Send us your server submitted stories. And maybe this will be some inspiration for a story for you to send our way. All right, this is from user Halloween is today. Subject, male Karen brings his own food and has the nerve to ask for manager. Great headline, great headline. All right, during the lunch rush, this guy comes in with his friend and a Tupperware container of his own food. Mm. They both have on muddy galoshes, I mean, fresh, wet, (laughs) dripping mud like they just stepped in quicksand and it's getting all over the floor and chair. Cool, super cool. Only the friend orders food, and I take away uh, one of the play settings. Sack lunch eats his outside food. I like that. Uh, that's his name now. So yeah, for reference, nickname sack lunch. He kind of toggles back and forth. He can be referred to as sack lunch or Tupperware. Just so right. you know. 
Just so you know. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. I keep our entire interaction to a minimum and feel like they're lucky that the entire restaurant is even letting this happen. Totally. Which is, yeah, for sure. When they're ready to leave, Sack Lunch asks to talk to the manager. Obviously unhappy with me personally. Both the manager and owner have both already expressed this is ridiculous and not okay, but we're going to say, okay, that's fine. And we, you know, unless he tries to bring in outside food again, one and done is what they're saying. We're all too nice at my restaurant. Really? Since we're still very busy, I tell him no one can talk to him right now, which is the truth, but he can call later or I'll take his info, which I did. Five minutes after he left, Sack Lunch calls and asks for the manager. They're obviously annoyed on the phone with him because he's a lunatic and I never found out exactly what his problem was with me, but it turns out he wanted to let the manager know that he'll never be coming back and he'll also be convincing others who will listen to him to never come here. Mm -hmm. I just can't believe the entitlement. Um, I mean, I'm just picturing the, the Braveheart speech of him in front of other people who love to bring their sack lunch into, and it's like, good, fucking tell them not to come here. Mm -hmm. Do us Mm -hmm. the service, would you? Mm-hmm. Never come back here. Yeah. Instead of like the blue hallucinogenic face paint, it's like, uh, re- you know, re- leftover pudding from a pudding cup. He's like <laughs> rubbing all over or his maybe, face. Or maybe, or how about like the construction site mud that he's just dripped in on oh, his galoshes dude, sure. and just rubbed all over war paint style on his face being like, they will not accept our outside food. So we shall not go dine there where they have their own menu with things that cost uh, stuff. It's, you may be able to take away my Tupperware and say it's illegal, which it is, for me to eat in this restaurant, but you'll never take away my ability to yell harsh critiques on the internet. Like, or however, whatever hill you want to die on. Whatever hill you want to die on. So on this thread, so this got posted and it blew up with a bunch of comments. This one killed me, fell over dead. So here's a response to that thread from user LunaMoon124. They go on to say, I worked at a diner and we had a customer who would come in and bring his own (laughs) uncooked hot dogs or sausages and would force us to cook them for him. I don't even. Okay, do we need to go on? Okay, let's go on. He would drop them off and leave. (laughs) He'd come back from the grocery store or errands up the road with his own sides, side dishes and his own drinks. And he'd come to pick up, like, he would come to pick up. He'd be like, this better be ready when I'm done. <laughs> I got I to gotta go to the post office and then go pick up uh, a little, you know, rice pudding. And then I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. And my dogs better be cooked. So then they, like, this is, that's my new. These dogs better be cooked. All right. This story really cooks my dogs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So this user is like, my boss told me that it was totally okay and acceptable. Okay. We're going to get back to your boss. This fucking numb nut. So we would have to wait for his command. Basically, he would fire his own entree. Be like, all right, start cooking. I'll be back in 15. And then it would have to be ready and all done so we could then fire the next round of hot dogs he needed cooked. He would usually eat the entire pack of six. I would charge him a dollar per sausage, which in my mind is way too generous because he was using our buns, our condiments, toppings, and then obviously our labor. So I'd give him a cup with ice so he could pour his own soda that he brought from outside into it. Then he'd throw us attitude and say, I know you're going to charge me for this. I would completely kill this guy with kindness. And if I was lucky, after all of this nonsense, I'd get maybe a $5 tip. It was never worth the stress. And the man was loaded, too. He'd come in driving a brand new souped-up Cadillac or BMW. Yeah, that's insane. This guy's uh, a real peach of a human, I can tell. So Um, I got on that thread as my weird narc name because I've not figured out how to rename my, ourselves on Reddit. Your I just look, it's basically not a narc. Uh, one, two, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we, I, I'm literally like, I look, seem like a Russian bot interacting with people. I'm like, no, it's me, Brooke from Sidework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bot, but I was just like, yo, what? I was like, I mean this with all the kindness, but what in the world? I'm like, your manager is either 
that incompetent or there's a story that you are not clued in on, which I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's a little from both column A and column B, mm-hmm. where I'm like, I think your boss at this restaurant owes this dude money or something <laughs> crazy where this guy is just pulling power moves because that is not normal. You you do not do that in yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. And like, where is this? I'm wondering, like, where, what well, kind of establishment is this? Like, where in the country? It just, it just seems like a smaller establishment. It's that would, probably like, got uh, a flat top grill mm-hmm. of some sort because he's going to want all the flavor from all the other stuff they cook. This yeah. guy's no fool. This guy's yeah. no fucking fool. That's what he really is going for. That like well seasoned flat top. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He does know what the fuck he's doing. Um, but I'm picturing a diner or country, just something where it's easy access. Like, cause in diners, the kitchen, like at the Sparties where I worked, you know, it was like the diner grill or Sparties where you, you saddle up on a bench and there's the, the guy, the chef's got the flat top right there. So I'm imagining it's something like that. Here's the thing. This is, if you're ever put in a position as a server where people saying, no, 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 I brought this in, tell them to throw it on the grill for me, or here's my Tupperware of food, you do have the right to say, we cannot. It is a- Illegal. Oh, it's it's illegal. Um, basically, oh shit, what is wrong with me? Who's the, the health inspector in general? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's- if they saw you doing that, your restaurant, you could say our restaurant can get shut down. It's cross-contamination. We don't know where your food's been. You don't know where our food's been. It mm-hmm. can be a liability. You could mm-hmm. sue us. You don't yeah. want us to sue you. So totally. You, you, It's like, it is very frowned upon by the FDA health inspector. What is the name of the actual um, company? They drop in and do the surprise visits and give the grades. I'm just the like- Board of Health? Like that's no. Pretty what is much. wrong with this me? Is a health inspector. It's just a health inspector. Run. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a word for it that is escaping me at the moment. But um, like you do have rights, and they're very reasonable, and it's okay to say these things. So if this is news to you, if you're working at an establishment where some fucking dude pulls up and is like, "Bake this cake. I'll be <laughs> back in f- an hour." Like what just the fuck? A, just, a, just a big cup of batter. He wants you to cook <laughs> up in the oven. Oh my god! Plus, it's like, can you imagine having to watch this fucking dude eat six hot dogs in front of you? That in and of itself, I told you. I mean, I'm a girl who loves a hot dog, but hey watching- man, if I'm having a big barbecue, you know, you know, I've been known to have a, a great pool party or two in, in my time here in L.A. Brook, and I'll do a whole Chicago dog bar, and will I? throughout the day the course of the day a good amount of hot dogs <laughs> yeah it's just we don't do it in one this is sitting. different different scenarios unless but. you're being paid to be in a fucking you know a hot dog eating competition mm-hmm. then we say go for it but is that uh, even eating that is dipping it in water and trying to shove it down your gullet anyways right do you think this guy was in like the witness protection program i'm getting those vibes <laughs> there's just there's something so off about this yeah it's such like a better call Saul situation where it's like some Aww. like all these people around town owe him favors and so he can just march into any business and make his yeah, own rules and it's totally. like that kind of guy he's getting off on a weird power trip I it's not so. about the money it's about the fact that he come he's coming in and like bitch slapping your boss with raw hot dogs and saying <laughs> throw them on the grill Oh my god! You know I what she love did. That, like I love that Jimmy from Better Call Saul ends up working at a fucking Cinnabon in Omaha, Nebraska. By the way, no, that's not a spoiler at all. It's not a spoiler you know that okay. from various season one. Um, well, you guys, if this has inspired anything, like we said at the top of this segment, please send stories to us at slideworkpod at gmail.com. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. So, y'all, here we are again. It's like I'm having deja vu, Andrea. Mm -hmm. Today's topic, very excited, kind of came to me uh, about a month ago when I myself experienced it for the first time in a hot minute. Mm -hmm. But today we are unpacking the side of the service industry known as the craft service industry. Oh. Which is the arm of all entertainment and production that feeds everyone on set. So this is like a really fun topic because we like any time that we can discover jobs that are kind of fun pivots that are lateral or sometimes, you know, like higher moves up the rung for taking mm-hmm. your service industry skills and getting into a different field of it altogether. So listen up. If you are burned out with your current restaurant job, looking for another way to take those skills and do something different, this might be the episode that inspires you. So Fine. I, I know. It. And it's like the most LA thing we could fucking <laughs> talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, uh, Got some articles from, obviously, Wikipedia. There was a New York Times article, Bon Appetit, all this fun stuff. So let's just lay it out based on Wikipedia. So craft service or craft services is the department in film, television, and video production, which provides cast and crew with snacks, drinks, and other assistance. The craft service workers are nicknamed crafties because they provide their services to the other departments known as crafts in a set. They are represented by a union. Other departments, um, you know, like camera, sound, grips, props, all that shit, they are also represented by unions. So you've got this whole sort of hierarchy, whole functioning team of like highly protected workers, which is off, like really awesome. So now the difference though, craft service still differs from catering. The catering that happens on set, which is also something you can get into, it's the Hot meals that are like designated breakfast, lunch, or dinner. That's an outside company that comes in, whereas the craft service people and table is available the entire shoot. They got your back that entire time with, um, you know, it can be anything from hot coffee, you know, fizzy water. You got your LaCroix, you know, um, you've got little like bags of delicious trail mix. You got your granola bars. You got chips. You got fresh fruit. They might also have antacid for you, some mm-hmm. aspirin, some hand sanitizer, sunscreen, or if you're like on a really cold shoot day, they will have those really nifty hand warmers that you like crack open. And have you ever used those? Oh yeah, for sure I've used mm-hmm. those. They're almost like uh, I always think that it's like they're just like this like onset bodega where like any yes. like little thing that you might need and they might be providing like little hot sandwiches here or like little warm things here and there but again it's just more like small smaller stuff like not you're not the main event as far as food yes so essentially why this is so important and why it is such a major industry um basically the the whole industry of movie making it's incredibly long hours with incredibly tight schedules And this whole industry, they count on calories to keep them going. And craft service, they got you. They're going to feed you. So, like, yes, of course, there can be the A-list, you know, principal actors who have their own fucking trailer. And they might be getting their own special needs flown in every day. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. something that will be handled on set as well. But for everyone else who's just a normal part of the production. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have, like, a wet bar in your trailer with all the snacks provided. Exactly. You're going to actually have to physically walk up to, like, the crafty tent. Exactly. And these are your people, your hair and makeup, the people who are hauling like fucking heaviest lights on and off set all day. So basically, you know, as as the birth of all this entertainment really started, obviously in LA and then now it's it's everywhere. Productions are fucking everywhere now, Andrew. Everywhere. Did you know? Uh-huh. I did. You know, and porn happens everywhere too. I was thinking about that too. I wonder what the crafties like on uh porn sets. I'm probably bad. just the same. Yeah, Anyways. but it's totally God, that'd be I want to look into that now. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure there's like the best people you want to work with, depending on. But yeah, it's Any like host. it's actually just like cocaine, it's Valium, still a, set. Oh, yeah. a dental Con- dam, condoms, Con- condoms. Well, not in Vegas. That's where the porn <laughs> moved to Vegas because they don't got the condom laws. 
Okay, so in the in the old days when when the movie production actually started, so craft service didn't deal with food at all. It was a very different nature of the job because there were basically like there was no food service on these studio sets because they'd be going out into like fucking backcountry to shoot a western. They were truly in the middle of nowhere. So actors and all the crew brought their own food in, which is they would brown bag it or Tupperware it, which is oddly rolled in with our server submitters submitted stories. This is when outside food was absolutely encouraged. (laughs) You're like, this is what you have to do in order to, yeah. You would starve. Like if you did not bring your own food from home, you were just fucked as you were on set doing these crazy, you know, these crazy shoot days. So that clearly evolved as, you know, movies and film and TV and all that became a more viable career for everyone involved. And they realized, hey, listen, you know, we've got to protect everyone. This is now a legit profession. So we got to feed them all. Um, All right. So there is a hierarchy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on set, which is really funny in terms of who gets to eat when, you Mm -hmm. know, so like we said, Crafty's there all day. Now, when the catering, when the meals come in, okay, a production assistant might make a to-go box for the director and the main actors, because like we said, they usually have to, you know, even on their breaks or their lunch, you know, they're fielding calls, doing interviews with Variety magazine. (laughs) So they might get the hot food packed up and someone will bomb it over to their trailer and they eat alone. So then the next, after that, the next people who get to get in line are assistant directors, lighting, other crew, production um, production assistants are kind of uh, on the bottom end of that totem pole. Okay, so then SAG, Screen Actors Guild, union, unionized background actors, then get to hit the line. And then last but not least <laughs> are the non-union actors. But don't yeah. worry, it's an open buffet. You can fucking eat as much as you want. Right. And stuff it's your like, face. Yeah, those like non-union day players are basically... That last round table tucked way at the back of the <laughs> wedding. They don't. Yeah. Um, this is hilarious. You know what also this made me think of too, especially like the evolution of crafty and how it works in the modern day um, TV and movie making business is like back in the day when everybody was contracted to studios and all production was happening mm-hmm. at studios on set there. They had commissaries, right? They yeah. had like huge cafeterias and that's where you would just... Everybody would be like, it's break time, union rules, blow the whistle. And everybody would stop what they do, what they were doing and stagger in to eat at this grand cafeteria. And that's when you would see like A-listers, directors, everybody congregating together mm-hmm. to eat, which is pretty fun. Um, you know, and the kind of thing now we we always hope is that like because like the A-listers are people who are stars of the movie. I say A-lister who fucking knows people who are like stars of the movies. Hopefully we'll come and intermingle and hang out with everybody else. They'll be like, I'll get in line with the non-union day players and get my food there and talk to the people. Like, okay. And I know that I said some of this last week as I'm as like the memories are dredging up from my opinions and feelings a week ago. Thankfully, they're still the same. Mm -hmm. Um, For someone who is, you know, wants to be alone in their trailer, it might be best for everyone because that you got a big day. You got to cry all day. You know, maybe I mean, you know, who knows? Well, there's also like a lot that can go. Well, before we cast judgment and be like, what a standoffish asshole. I am thinking of it from the sense of like, maybe that actor just did like a really harrowing or vulnerable scene. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I need my hour in my trailer alone to go decompress. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean they're assholes, but there are 100% assholes who think they're above the whole crew. You'll fucking figure out because there's so much gossip on set. So you'll know (laughs) once you're on there. But then there are like, as we've seen it reported, the Brad Pitts, who, if they're not busy doing a million other obligations, get in fucking line, talk to the crew, learn everyone's names, do mm-hmm. things like fucking pay your hospital bills because they're kind humans who actually know what's going on in your life. So it could be anything like that, but you're mixing and mingling with stars is like kind of guaranteed, which is really fun. Super fun. Um, um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Crafty's a good place. I think there's the food line everybody has to go through, but going back to craft services, that's the kind of thing where people are just like coming and going. So you could see anybody there, you know? Anyone really, you know, and it depends because every, okay, on my fancier jobs, you know, to be someone who's been a waiter a million times and then to be like 
in a trailer where they bring you your own little craft service basket. I was just like, this is really too much. I can't accept it. Oh my God. I was like, this is wild. into your purse. (laughs) And and that's just it is like the street urchin mentality never goes away. How much free stuff can I take home with me? It never goes away. Yeah. Um, But basically, right. So the craft service table is set up all day. You are, when you are doing this job, it's an emotional sort of responsibility as well. Like you might be the first smiling face that they see when they are getting there. These hours are brutal sometimes. Our calls would be 5.30 in the morning, you know, that you're in the middle of nowhere in a field and you're like, have I been taken out here to be murdered? What is happening? But then you (laughs) see the craft service table and they are smiling and ready to hand you a fucking hot, fresh cup of coffee and you're like, you are my fucking hero. So you get to be... These people who also, people just take breaks or don't have, a, like, there. there's the part of the crew that is fucking so busy all day. And then there are maybe the Andreas who's got one line and she's been waiting eight hours and is just fucking mingling uh-huh. and loitering I'm so around. Bored. My battery on my phone has <laughs> died. Yep. Um, I didn't know that what I'd be getting into. It's this un bearable level of boredom where all you can do the entire time is stew about how you're going to fudge the one line you have (laughs) and question everything you've done into your life up until this point. That's what I mean. And if someone's going to hand me a a delicious Americano to make me feel better, thank you, Linda, from Craft Services for making everything better. And Linda, thanks for for talking to me. Thanks for for Uh calming me down. Thanks Mm -hmm. for, you know, you essentially are the onset bartender with no alcohol. Yeah. Everyone More is coming to unload their psychological and emotional problems on you because <laughs> you're 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 kind of an island unto yourself. You can also get away and shit talk a little bit. Like whatever Absolutely. It is. craft service, they hear and see everything. And you know, a lot of the same cruel crew across the board tends to roll together, right? Mm-hmm. I yes. feel like a lot of filmmakers, a lot of people, they're just like they're like, We love you, we love this costume design team, we love these this this camera crew and they all kind of tend to all work together at the same time so they become a small moving village if you will and depending on how long the shoot is you're basically have like a traveling like little restaurant bodega coffee shop with your favorite barista who fucking just is you know like oh cool you were my barista in LA now we're in Georgia filming and you're there too it's kind Mm -hmm. of amazing to be like you just get come on let's go for a ride um, but well, you know, it, depending it on the size, I was going right. to say, I'm like, you know, that can be true. Although that does seem like a little bit of a stretch. They would probably be hiring local, which is, I the know, whole- but you know, okay. I, know. I understand. So, well, yeah. I think the point I'm trying if to make is, if you're in LA, you would assume you'll see that say that you, face. If you're in Georgia, assume you'll see that face is what right. I mean. I think I'm trying to not discourage anyone from thinking this is only a job in Los Angeles. Oh, no, no, no. There's, there's, you can do craft services all over. There's local crews all in every city that cater this stuff. Like not only are you doing like not huge productions, but there's all sorts of local commercials and local productions Mm -hmm. that happen all over the country and all over the world. And there's local companies in every city that provide this type of service. Totally. So I was just trying to be, be clear over the fact Mm -hmm. that it's like not just our fucking fancy Los Angeles County. California life. Um, so what we, okay. So we were saying like, you know, you're, you're essentially sort of this, uh, therapist and snack giver, uh, alcohol free bartender, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, mm-hmm. and there, are, there's a flow to the day as you set up your craft table, like the morning setup is in general, coffee, tea, maybe a fruit and vegetable platter, lots of, uh, lots of baked goods, you know, and then little package things so that you can walk away, you know, and take, be like, ah, I can't eat this right now. I don't know when I'll get to it, but I better take it when my blood sugar crashes. So a lot of like packaged granola bars, bags of chips, shit like that. So, um, then there's mid morning snacks known as apparently called in the business sandwich o'clock, which hmm. I'm all for sandwich like, o'clock. Yeah. I'm going to use that all the time now. So sandwiches might come out. Um, like we said, you might, you know, and this is still, this is crazy. This is still not the catered meal. And this depends on the budget, you know, of where you're working. There can be super like, like food waste concerns have certainly come up where you're like, wow, like the client, the production company, they went above and beyond. There's more food than anyone fucking knows what to do with. And they're going to throw it out afterwards, Mm -hmm. which is a travesty. 
And granted, there are we oh, we fucking talked about this. I think when Jocelyn was still doing the podcast with us, but there are now companies who specialize, they have special permits yep. to take the excess food yeah. from sets so that it does not go to waste and gets distributed to people who are yeah. experiencing food insecurity. Yeah. And also just catering gigs in general, too. Mm-hmm. We talked about like Wolfgang Puck, uh, his company, his catering company is huge on it. And they just have to be packaged in like very specific boxes right. that you get and then you can then deliver. Yeah. Exactly. On- mm-hmm. So that's really cool because that for sure was a concern. And there are people now who are like, there is a service that we can create off of this service, mm-hmm. which is great because it really, the food waste boggles the mind. Um, and that is why I'm like, wait, you're going to throw this out? Like, great. Give me that whole fucking palette of like little mini, you know, sandwich selections. And mm-hmm. I will, my, my household will eat this for the yeah, next okay, four days. Can we freeze these? Can, can we freeze these? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you go ahead. And then we move on from sandwich o'clock to... It can get a little more happy hour-ish food at that point. Perhaps a taco bar. Um, And again, it's just like the place to hang out. It's a comforting spot. Sometimes when you're having a long day, do you overeat because it's there? You sure fucking do. Oh, fuck yeah, you do. There's like nothing else to do. You're like, wait, you're making crepes now? Wait, you're making what now? Like, what is (laughs) happening? There's always a delicious smell happening that like beckons you to like come in and figure it out. But like, you know, sometimes you have a small set where you're feeding 30 people and sometimes you have a huge set where you're feeding thousands of people, which means there's probably going to be different tents stationed across like a a, a larger area for everybody to be able to do. Yeah, that that is like really crazy because, yeah, it can just be this gigantic production and there can be a portion of the craft service that day or for that whole shoot where your only job and your team is just bottled water. And Mm -hmm. all you do is keep refilling it, going on runs and passing out cold water to ensure no one has a fucking accident and gets dehydrated and really sick. So like, yeah, that's like a major, major production. Like you might literally be the water cooler bitch for the entire shoot. And I think that just goes to show that like, not only are we like providing people with like snackies that you're caregivers, you know, at the same time you're making people, making sure people like don't fall over. Okay. So here are some tips from people who have done craft service. They say, please, please, please just let us set up our food, our tent, our coffee, our table, all that before you attack us like the wild hyenas you are. And please don't call me crafty it is the service i provide not my fucking name please learn my name um and they say really do you need six kit kats really do you need to eat six hot dogs that you force someone to cook on a fucking flat top okay just take just take one we'll be that was harvey uh, weinstein that did that actually <laughs> gross 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 but it it's it's on par like you as a server if you know the doors aren't open for brunch yet and you see all these fucking people pressing their faces against the window like lemurs like trying the handle it is the most oh, infuriating i just got the shivers feeling. i just got the shivers <laughs> you're like 11 a.m you know you're mouthing shit through the you know not open not yet <laughs> so this is the same situation you know and yes if you're a server is there, a, is, is there a good chance that maybe your dream of getting your first ever extra role, you are going to be that person who's like maybe the highlight of your day is like you're paying yourself in food because you're not yeah. ma- making totally. very much you're money. You're like, I'm not bringing it to you and I'm going to like learn your name. Renee Gautier, who's a great guest we've had in the past, mm-hmm. who now works in production um, on some baller shows. Um, she always learns. I mean, she's just like, yeah, of course, that's like the first people name that I learn is like people who are doing craft services and like giving me my food and we're all friends. And when she walks onto set, they're like, we have what you need ready. And she's like, you didn't have to do that. But even when she's there, they make sure she's eaten because she's so fucking busy. They're like, Renee, did you eat today? Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, no. And they're like forcing her, like forcing food into her hand. You know, they all take care of each other. It's great. I mean, it can be a really beautiful relationship because as we know, like some TV shows will go, like it takes months to complete. So you really are creating a bond with the staff. And you can also, when you get in with craft service and vice versa, like you can make requests, you can influence, you can be like, hey, if next week you guys could find some of this, you know, X, Y, or Z type of coffee, that would be sick. Yeah. Could you get me some of those delicious pickle chips, please, from Brooklyn specifically? Mm Mm-hmm. 
But what a know, fun the, job to like seek it out too. To be like, oh girl, I can get you. I would be on. I'd be like, could you get me some of that fucking Australian licorice? That's what I would request. That wallaby, like sour, <laughs> like soft licorice. I want it right now. Well, and I'm, I want to be an actor eating it on set. I want all um, of it. Um, but we like. It's a job if you're a people pleaser and you love the service aspect of it. We all know when good crafty has arrived because their table just has like the best fucking snacks. Mm -hmm. There's like a really exciting array. You just know it when other people phone it in where you're like, oh my God, they like literally only go to Costco. I know. This is bad. It's got to be fun to source this. I feel like I, I feel like you and I would fucking slay this game. Like I'm telling you, I'm looking, I'm looking for alternative, you know, career paths. And the thing is like, so, and so is my, my boyfriend, Sean. So he's worked as a location manager Mm -hmm. for all these years. And he has the in with everywhere that shoots that needs someone to pull up with a food truck. And so we've often thought about hatching a plan to use our insider knowledge to then spin it and be on the service side of it. But to have like an already established list of clients. We got to talk again about this after Dude, I get off I the podcast. I feel like it's like a little like bodega truck. You just like pull up and have all the things people need. Maybe you got a hot dog round rollers in the back there. Maybe you got a little panini press. Maybe you got a, like a teeny little this and that. But I mean, and just like the aesthetic of it for, I would think to be like so pleasing. And like for me as someone who loves to host and if you're that kind of server and you're just like I fucking love a curated little situation Mm -hmm. and I get like you said before pleasing people this is such a great move like just it's still service industry it's just another little branch off of it you know Well, and in this case particularly like the food equals love like there's no tip involved there is no expectation you're not waiting on them they're walking up just enjoying your service that someone Mm -hmm. else is paying for all of you to be there it's totally it's a contracted job Mm -hmm. you that you set your prices and what you get paid if you are the actual owner of the services but like even you know you said here on staff me up or zip recruiter you can look at careers and craft services and depending on the market you mm-hmm. could earn like 38,000 a year which might even just be part-time situation right. up to almost $70,000 a year doing this. And again, like like you don't know what job is going to happen next, so there's a lot of variety um it could be a show you love. It could be a show that you're like, I would never know something like this existed, but I was there and worked, you know, sort of uh, behind the scenes on it. It's a very exciting and varied way to work in the in the service industry. And don't get me wrong, like you need health health certification for food handling. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is speaking to your heart and soul, the job involves extensive budgeting and planning. So if that mm-hmm. is something you feel like, you know, is a strength for you. But I mean, people can do this job also like it doesn't break you down the way waiting tables does because it's very clear cut, has rules. And guess what you can do, bitch? You can sit down and run a craft service Hell table. If yeah, you want you to. Hell yeah, you can. Hell yeah, you can. Yeah, just like because you're part of IATSE and a union, you have used many union worker rights as anybody else on that set. So And if if you're still if you're still listening and made it this far, there is a blog and a website called craftysnacks.com, but snacks is spelled S-N-A-X. And they have a blog post, and I'll I'll do my best to figure out how to share my a link on social. I don't know. We'll give it a we'll give it a go. But basically it's um it's part of a, a blog series, like part seven, how to get started in the craft services and fine work. And so it's like all of this real, really helpful pro tip info. You could start your own fucking company and corner the market in your town, wherever you are in the U S you know, wherever you want to manifest, just know that there's a world out there for you. There is be able to dig and find the best snacks. Yeah. You you gotta have the fucking edge. On the Dude, I love this idea. Like, if you're like, oh, we're exclusively in this town, be like, I'm sourcing these local chips that you can't get. I don't know. I think this is so fun. I love this so much. Um, fun chatting about all this, Brooke. Way to, like, bring it to the forefront. I mean, it's glamorous, but it's also, like, not glamorous. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. a fucking, it's just work. It's just how shit works. And again, as service industry employees, we are the providers that make the world go round. This is just like a little 
isolated version of it, if you will. And you're just going to crush at it. If you've been working in the service industry, you're going to have the attitude, the temperament, the multitasking know-how. And Mm -hmm. I I think it's like such a fun potential way to just like get the fuck away from your restaurant. If it's starting to crush your soul (laughs) and you could be a little more of a self-starter or eventually start your own craft service business. So... Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Again, if you have any of those server submitted stories, anything inspired you, please send them our way. Cyberpod at gmail.com. Brooke, that is almost a wrap. (laughs) But before that, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Godspeed. And good tips. And don't bring your outside hot dogs into my fucking restaurant, okay? (laughs) I love that we had a take two and then we uh, focused on the film industry. What a, look what we did. We fucking know what we're doing. We do. (laughs) 